Welcome to Making Conversations, a podcast from makers Gemma Millen and Robin Galway. Today we are back with ACJ SNI and Making Conversations with Anna Osborland. He introduces the group's latest exhibition, Collectibles and Curiosities. Hi Anne, welcome Good to morning. the podcast. Could you tell us a bit about ACJ SNI as a group? Good morning, Gemma and Robin. Um, of Hello. course, I think it's a while since we spoke. And in a nutshell, we came together, ACJ SNI is a regional body of the ACJ UK, which is the Association for Contemporary Jewellery. When we first came together, we were really individual educators and makers who realized that we needed to raise our visibility and voice and in that period of time we have done so and we first called ourselves we are in 2019 and somehow i think we have uh, managed to keep rolling forward through a pandemic and at our first encounter with pinned in 2020 we had set up you know an exhibition to showcase the best of the broad, broad range of what the conversation in contemporary jewellery, as well as more traditional formats, actually was on the ground. Looking mostly at Northern Irish jewellers, because many were saying that they had to go elsewhere in order to get the audience and be noticed. And this was a shame. So our remit really is to support makers in achieving that endeavour and also to develop the voice of some of the makers because they can be quite shy. They're used to working individually and focusing on that work. And it's very, very intensive and demanding to be all things in this day and age. And to develop that voice with a little more confidence and reach new audiences, we do want to increase the understanding of what we do in order to do that because it's an open dialogue, if you like. So over that period of time, Pinned went on to Ore Space in Lisburn, which was a much more exhibition type installation where we pinned all the work on 10 metres of linen. And that was a very different experience. And I think that changed a lot of people's mindsets, even within the making cohort. And we were quite challenged and excited to take on the notion of more cerebral work and time out to do that. But that's also quite scary. And then in the middle of that, we were invited back to Craft and I to have another Christmas exhibition, which we focused on the gift, Lewis Hyde's book, The Gift. And what does a gift actually really mean to people? It's quite an open and anthropological look at why we adorn and why we gift things to each other. So it was right down jewellery territory but very different in other regards because we've quite narrowed it down since I guess the mid-1800s and that became really quite rich pickings for a lot of our souls and then we were invited back to our space this summer 22 and for that we took a heck of a risk and did a collaborative project with textile art and lace making experts and that was really really fascinating very challenging because it was done within a very tight time frame of eight weeks and that was strategically done in order to challenge us but also to show what it takes to make because it's not just about the process it's also about the thoughts that go on behind it we did want to center on the linen industry for this and reuse our 10 meters of linen and went to a fabulous tour around the linen center in Lisburn Museum and brought our findings back to the Orspace Gallery in Lisburn and very much documented the whole thing 
So there's so much information that's still being put together and that will be on both our own WordPress, acjsni.wordpress.com website and also on Or Space Gallery's YouTube channel shortly. That's quite fascinating. And along with our Making Conversations podcasts that you've very generously hosted, we're hoping that background information that goes into making pieces and also feeding the creativity of our members, that that's starting to be seen in a more honest light. And that endeavor is more respected because that conversation has been missing for quite some time. The industry is not just about churning out that exists, but what the individual makers do is quite, it's a lot more challenging. They have to be thinkers, makers, publicists, financial wizards. And actually that's a heck of a lot for one creative person to take on and probably impossible for the majority. So in a way, if we can support each other, encourage that dialogue to be more respected in Northern Ireland and abroad, that will be fantastic. It is lovely to have you back on on the podcast. We were talking actually about how you are essentially the third co-host because of your <laughs> appearances on the podcast so far, which is great. So this is a, I think this is now a regular thing, isn't it? But, good, good habit, huh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what has brought us really together this time around is the current ACJSNI exhibition, Collectibles and Curiosities, which is opening on the 10th of November at Craft and I Gallery in Belfast. So if you could talk to us a little bit about the exhibition and particularly its theme, we know that the last time we spoke, we were discussing Pinned and that was last year, 2021, how that was mostly themed around the brooch, obviously pins as such, just to make it as obvious as possible there. But this has taken a slightly different direction and also it seems to have a bit of a wider participation in terms of the makers. Sure. I think earlier I I alluded to growing the confidence in the voice of our makers and Collectibles and Curiosities is a really prime example of that because our own members, Martin Cameron, Shannon McShane, Lotus DeWitt, have taken on really the discussions in and around and the management of organising this project. And what they have done in particular is to embrace the reach that ACJ gave us in Reuse and Reimagine in Orspace, where we started to notice we were having applications from elsewhere. Unfortunately, because that was an in-house, you had to be here to participate. On this occasion, you didn't. And so we fully embraced that notion of having an international audience because it brings that conversation that's happening outside of Northern Ireland straight to the door of people here and it exposes them to the conversations, the humour, the other ways of working that exist. And the makers for collectibles and curiosities, they spread right from Czechoslovakia to the United States, Australia. And one of the things that we were very excited by was that the conversations that they bring are vastly different. So making or icons of their culture, contemporary icons with a poster that is a little gold chicken leg and its container and so that preciousness of what they're having as thoughts in their head through into material resolutions are really really interesting and it just shows how preciousness isn't always about the material value of an object it's also about the maker's ideas about here and now issues in farming issues in sustainability the list goes on 
And it very much responds to the world and the culture that we currently live in and that move forward. So craft and culture are, they're not dead things. They're very much here and now and moving forward. And that's quite exciting to bring to Northern Ireland. And we hope to do that again. There have been issues with I suppose, customs. Brexit has happened. We can't pretend it hasn't. We are living in very challenging times. As we move forward as practitioners, we bring these things to Craft NI and hope that, you know, maybe through them, our voice will be raised somewhere, maybe at government levels, because it's a shame to close down the world of making. We live and work in a big world and that's what is the richness of humanity and it would be really nice to keep that. We don't know where that's going to go because we're planning some big things for 23. To bring back to Collectibles and Curious, what the previous exhibitions have allowed our makers to do is to tap into that really, yeah, that creative side exists and that does feed us. So let's see what we call curious and that allows us that space to bring it back into what is precious what is curious what is you know some some beautiful work by Cameron and Breen beads that have curious little faces well hidden almost like an old-fashioned but a current experiment in adornment museums what museum work looks like what current work looks like and also through into 3d printed work colorful beautiful pieces by Celine Trainer and Claude Malloy that look at very very different approaches to jewelry preciousness and the previous or space and linen exhibitions. So that's heartening to see that what we've done before is actually feeding people's creativity. You know, we're small steps, but it's all in the right direction, which we find fantastic. You know, for me, jewellery has that amazing capability, or as I put in my text, it's like an alchemy to bring conversations like in the tiniest, most precious ways that you carry with you. And they're very intimate ways of speaking about who you are, and who you want to be and what you want to be seen as. So, you know, who knows? But um, I find it fascinating to see the work and really see what people make of it. Thanks very much, Anne. So I was lucky enough to participate in the linen exhibition in our space for this year. And the setup was quite different to how I've been part of any other exhibition previously, the collaborative element. And, you know, we went to the Linen Museum and had a walk around as a group. How do you find that was interacting with makers and sort of having that collaboration as a process for making exhibition work? I think sometimes these projects take a while for the full richness of what they've done to come to the surface. And I think we would all say we're quite surprised because we had to go into it with a very open kind of mind. And that was part of the risk, wasn't it? It Mostly a risk in the time we devoted to it. Nobody had any money. We had a very small pot of, of funding through our space from the Arts Council, which we're eternally grateful for. And they continue to support us as much and how they can, which, again, we're very grateful for. But this work can't happen without the investment of the maker's time and also expertise and material knowledge. We did approach it very openly. Everybody was generous with the content they provided and we had videos we had discussions and the work produced was really very very surprisingly amazing I mean sailing trainers work was just mind-blowingly sensitive provocative and spoke about our culture very much directly not about the hidden culture or the book version but the real version so she got some interviews from family members about living here and life 
during the last hundred years. And that, I think, is an invaluable resource. I think the sensitive approaches of your own work, Robin, the beautiful, fine, fine goat line that just ran through linen that talked about, you know, the metaphors of what we call precious in our contemporary living is is just fantastic. And, And it was lovely to have a mix of Southern Irish and Northern Irish makers working together. You know, that was a luxury, a lace maker. I mean, we had the lace making workshops where those trades were previously very tightly linked because they talk about the body and wearability. And that's kind of started that conversation in a new direction. And it was almost dead. It had been so separated that it's really nice to see that kind of potential emerge again. It was a pleasure. I think we were quite surprised. To sum it up, the depth and the richness, we still need to kind of process probably. And I think my hope would be that that would allow all of the makers to have that food that we all need to move on and open new directions in their work. And if it's done that in small measure, we've done ourselves a very important favour and we can move on and bring that forward with the next exhibition that's due to happen so fingers crossed that will be either a fully UK and Ireland minimum or international event but it'll certainly be back out into the community and bringing younger people on board that's in progress so I'm not going to divulge too much at this stage because that would spoil it I think especially after COVID, it was so nice having the experience to be in person and also to work through those developmental processes and starts of ideas where normally you kind of as a maker, you're sort of isolated back to your studio to kind of process and work through. So it was just really refreshing to be able to work collaboratively. And as you say, with people that you don't normally work with. So there were those discipline overlaps and it was just a great exhibition to be part of. We're looking forward to the opening of the Collectibles and Curiosities exhibition which opens on the 10th and how long is that running for that is running until the 30th of december at craft and i and in case anybody is confused that is in royal avenue belfast number 115 to 19 and anybody that knows where the city library is the belfast city library or the headquarters of a21 on line of duty it's across the road from there it's very much (laughs) at the new creative hub of where Belfast is and the TV centre, if you like. Craft and I is doing an amazing job at trying to change transition through challenging times because they opened right at the beginning of the pandemic. So, you know, it's great to have that reciprocal support from them. And also we've had tremendous support from the Ulster Museum, especially Kim Winnie and Suzanne Lyle at the Arts Council over the years. And we are very appreciative of that. And we're probably going to have to continue to need that support because we're a small organisation. We don't have funding, much as most of the craftspeople in Northern Ireland are. And we are going to go through very challenging times, but we're here to support each other. And I guess that's the most fundamentally important part of what we're here to do, support and develop what we as jewellers and silversmiths in Northern Ireland can be. Not what we've been and not old fashioned, but what we can be and what we actually are. And that's what our young people need to see because they can't be what they can't see in summary. It's that short and sweet, really, isn't it? I think that's a perfect quote, actually. We might get that on T-shirts if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> That'd be great, yeah, with a big ring yeah. on the front. Yeah, What's exactly. In Northern Ireland today. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, that would make fantastic merchandise. <laughs> well, there you go, Gemma. I think we should do that. Making conversations with you cannot be what you cannot see. <laughs> Although it would all have to be, you know, completely handmade in Northern Ireland. Because, I mean, what a hypocrite we would be <laughs> if we couldn't outsource it to just local bakers, all this merchandise. Sorry, you can probably hear my dog in the background. He's been running around and demanding attention and his little clicks on the tiles. Oh, Apologies for that. That probably cannot be Right. No, you can't okay. hear anything, so fingers crossed you're good. Well, then I've just made it a whole thing, and I'm going to have to find clips of him and add them <laughs> yeah. in my... We are now going to hear four maker clips from participants of the exhibition. These are Celine Trainer, Maria Roscoe, Eva Lynch and Carol Belgrossi. My name is Celine Trainer, and I'm a jewellery designer maker based in Belfast. The piece that I have included in the ACJ SNI Collectibles and Curiosities exhibition that will be at Craft NI in Belfast in November and December this year is part of an ongoing body of work entitled Form that sees me return to where I was born and spent my formative years. These memories have prompted me to make various pieces of jewellery, one of which is a perfect fit for the Collectibles and Curiosities exhibition. Entitled Pieces of 48, it refers to the number of our door on the street that I lived. The number still resonates with me whenever I hear it. The brooch consists of a framework which invokes a window, a reference to peering into the past. The component parts of a pendant and two rings make the number 48 when slotted into the right compartments within this framework. A clear perspex sheet holds the three pieces in place and slides up to access them. The brooch is made from silver with a thin recess for this perspex. The pieces inside are made from two layers of metal, silver and nine card yellow gold for contrast. A triangular pendant makes the number four and is worn with a silver ball chain. My father had a chain like this to keep his keys together from his work as a postman and I loved playing with it as a child. There are two rings that make up the figure eight. These are constructed with an inner circle and the outside layer comes to a point. I used this construct in another set of rings where the flat part was a platform to solder settings for the tiles I used. I loved the look of them in their own right and was happy to show them off in this piece. All four pieces form the brooch and can be worn separately or together. A subtle reference to growing up with my three siblings and our own progression separate entities that together make a whole. My design ethos remains constant in Pieces of 48, a mathematical approach with forms reduced to balanced geometric shapes. My name is Maria Roszko. I'm a jewelry artist from Budapest, Hungary, currently living in Seoul, South Korea. The series that I brought to the Collectibles and Curiosities exhibition are titled Volcanoes, waves and to the moon and back. The volcano and wave rings are part of the group that I call biomorphic jewelry and explore the relationship between abstraction and figurative representation, focusing on the nature of human perception. The rings are made of bronze and brass, made with the lost wax casting method. The forms of the volcano rings prompt the viewers and the wearers of the jewelry to reflect on their own perception. Usually when people see the pieces, they have different thoughts about what they represent 
And it's very interesting for me that I encourage the viewers to activate their prior knowledge about the configuration of the forms that make up the object. Regarding the other series that are called the waves, uh, these are cast brass and bronze rings, and the main feature is their three-dimensional character. They like small captures that can be worn, turning them in several different positions and can be seen from different angles. It's also interesting for me to wear two of them in the same time as they complement each other and give each other more dynamics. The third series that I have displayed in the exhibition are sets of hand objects, how I call them. They are small blackened sculpture bronze objects. There are three objects in one group that I consider one artwork, one small installation. The title is To the Moon and Back. The objects were made by enclosing soft clay in my palm and between my fingers, which resulted in an abstract shape. After that, I smoothed out the surface of these clay shapes and submitted them to the process of silicone mold making, bronze casting, with the help of Hungarian sculptor Antal Blanc. The short hand gesture that was originally performed got turned into a time-resisting material involving a time-consuming technique uh, that is a long process compared to the short hand gesture. The historical background of the work is the reason why I applied with these pieces to the open call and I thought it would fit well the exhibition collectibles and curiosities. In the 16th century, in art collections and in curiosity cabinets, the collectors made a distinction between artificalia man-made objects and naturalia referring to objects of natural origin. Over the centuries, this distinction has changed from time to time, has blurred or even sometimes become more pronounced. My works by their resemblance with nature-created objects evoke ideas on mimesis in art and questions the differences between man-made and nature-made objects and phenomena. In the photographs, I've placed the objects back into the hands that created them, which, through the specific human gestures, make the human presence visible in the creative process. Each set of three objects can be piled up or built up in different configurations according to the intention of the person displaying them. In a previous exhibition, I decided not to warn visitors not to touch the objects. I was later told that many people felt they had to take them in their hands and as a result, some of the patina started to wear off. It was then my choice not to remake the patina on them, but leaving instead visible the interaction between the people and the piece. And I now give visitors of the exhibition the opportunity to possibly leave further traces on the pieces. An important part of my artistic approach is searching and researching the connection between objects and people. While I often tend to create new semantic content by relating to the history of jewelry, to the body and the experience of wearability. I work mainly with metals, but I also incorporate alternative materials such as crayon, textiles, wood into my compositions. For me it's important that I don't make distinctions between the fields and I consider my work situated between craft, design, fashion and fine art. In recent years I've also been collaborating with representatives of other artistic disciplines, creating interdisciplinary complex artistic products and sometimes events and performances as well. 
My name is Eva Lynch. I am an artist and educator with a background in silversmithing and jewellery. My studio is based in County Wicklow and I teach in Grenham Mill Craft School in County Kilkenny. I'm interested in traditional ancient smithing techniques and I've spent the last couple of years exploring the hammer techniques used to develop an Iron Age ribbon torque in antiquity and my new sculptural pieces explore and archive these ancient endangered skills. I developed Anthropoware 4 for the exhibition Collectibles and Curiosities. As the name suggests, this is the fourth in a series of functional pieces that were made with the purpose of engaging the hands in mindful activity. There are 10 times as many channels of information feeding back from the hands to the head as there are from the head to the hands. With the age of convenience and technological advancements, the work of the hands is becoming increasingly redundant and we're losing the connection and purpose that comes from using our hands. So these works are kinetic handheld sculptures of about a foot tall and Anthropoware 4 has a bearing mechanism inside allowing it to be spun. The concept being to metaphorically transfer the state of flow and well-being that I experience whilst forging these works back to the user. I believe that a reconnection to nature is vital for our survival as a species and by nature I mean our inherent human nature as well as the natural environment and by using our hands we maintain this hand-heart connection. Anthropoware are functional objects that probe the human relationship with material things. As our patterns of consumption and disposal of material things wreak havoc on the environment, the objects that we use and as artists that we create carry a personal moral responsibility. I coined the term anthropoware as a play on the word hollowware, which traditionally were items like decorative tableware, candlesticks, vessels, items that although often functional are essentially uh, luxury objects. Our connection to luxury goods has destabilised the planet and our consumption is literally visible in the Earth's geological strata, leading to scientists deciding that we've left the Holocene era, the era that began more than 11,000 years ago after the last glacial event, and we've entered the Anthropocene, an epoch defined by man's imprint on the planet. In my opinion, the function of the objects of the Anthropocene must extend beyond simply the aesthetic, or at the very least, the materials and methods used must be chosen in consideration of their impact on the natural world. And I've really begun to think about both the function of my works and the impact that their development has on the natural world. Anthropoware 4 is made from copper reclaimed from a roof, scrapped brass and ethically sourced deer antlers. I chose antler for these works because as well as being a renewable natural material, it's believed that antlers were the tools used to create objects such as the Iron Age ribbon torque before we had metal tools. So as well as archiving these ancient hand skills, these pieces also archive the material of the tools that probably developed these techniques. Antler is a really lovely material to work with. I've enjoyed carving and cutting and experimenting with it. However, if you have dogs who like to come into your studio, as I do, you have to be really careful because they love to chew antler bones. So I have my Whippet Luna to thank for the final aesthetic of Anthropoware 4, as she slyly managed to make off with a bunch of carvings that I had ready for the piece. And I had to redo some new pieces based on the antler slices that were left. So all dogs are banished from the studio from now on when there's antler involved. This is a poem I wrote about my practice. I make things in metal. I make spoons. I make jewellery. I make vessels. I make precious objects and objects precious. Making things makes me want to make more things. I make tools to make more things. My hands remember the hands of my father. To make requires the thoughts that arrive from not thinking. I think about how I'm going to make thoughts metal. My hands remember the hands of my teachers. I make from the earth. I think about how I can make things that make more time. My hands remember the hands of the ancient smith. 
Hello, I'm Carol Bergossi from Brazil. I've sent a series of three rings to collectibles and curiosities exhibition. The series is about a kind of topic moment we are living in Brazil. We are being inundated with fake news. We have a fake president, attacks on democracy, flirt with fascism, to name a few. Happily, yesterday we have elected a new president. So, the series invites the viewer to look through the cracks, to zoom in and out, to face their eyes, to see the reality. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much to ACJ SNI for this collaboration, Anna Osboilen, and participant makers for this episode, Celine Trainer, Maria Roscoe, Eva Lynch, and Carol Bergosse. <laughs>